Holy Father in heaven, glory be unto your name, Lord, for the privilege that you've given to us to be among the living today. Dear Lord, we commit ourselves unto your care and we ask that you would grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit and that you would bless us with your word today. Your word has said that it is the spirit that quickeneth and the flesh profiteth nothing, but the words that you speak to us, they are spirit and they are life. We believe, Lord, that your word can give us life and we pray that you would help us. May your word enter into our soul and give us life and be a light unto our path. I bring myself to you, Lord, and I pray that you would consecrate me to your service. Please, Lord, please put your words in my mouth, that the words spoken may flow out as blessings to your children, to the end that we all shall be more prepared for your coming. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, July 22 God's Heroes How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 21 Elijah, amid the general apostasy, did not seek to hide the fact that he served the God of heaven. Baal's prophets numbered 450, his priests 400, and his worshippers were thousands. Yet Elijah did not try to make it appear that he was on the popular side. He grandly stood alone. With clear trumpet-like tones, Elijah addressed the vast multitude. How long halt ye between two opinions? Where are the Elijahs of today? God would have his honor exalted before men as supreme, and his counsels confirmed in the eyes of the people. The witness of the prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel gives the example of one who stood holy for God and his work in the earth. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, he prays, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, he pleads, hear me. His zeal for God's glory and his deep love for the house of Israel present lessons for the instruction of all who stand today as representatives of God's work in the earth. Nothing is gained by cowardice or by fearing to let it be known that we are God's commandment-keeping people. Hiding our light as if ashamed of our faith will result only in disaster. God will leave us to our own weakness. May the Lord forbid that we should refuse to let our light shine forth in any place to which he may call us. If we venture to go forth of ourselves, 
following our own ideas, our own plans, and leave Jesus behind, we need not expect to gain fortitude, courage, or spiritual strength. God has had moral heroes, and he has them now. Those who are not ashamed of being his peculiar people. Their wills and plans are all subordinate to the law of God. The love of Jesus has led them not to count their lives there unto themselves. Their work has been to catch the light from the word of God and to let it shine forth in clear, steady rays to the world. Fidelity to God is their motto. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God's Heroes. And that's exactly what we're looking at. What does it mean to be God's hero? Elijah is an example of one who is God's hero. And we're going to look at another part of his life that we will learn lessons from, especially for those who are living in the last days. I would like to remind us that in the book of First Corinthians chapter 10, reading from verse 11, we are told that this story of Elijah and every other story is written specifically for us who are living towards the end of time. As we come closer to the coming of Jesus, the moral courage that will be needed to meet and to stem the tide and to represent Christ will become greater and greater. And what happened between Elijah and the prophets of Baal is just a miniature example of what is happening in our time. And so when we look at how Elijah responded to the crisis in his time, we should be filled with inspiration and we should be actuated with the same spirit and zeal that actuated him and respond in the same manner that Elijah responded. Reading from 1st Kings chapter 18 verse 20 it says, So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Why is it that the people did not answer him a word? It is because their leader Ahab had led them astray and they followed popular culture. There was this disposition among the Israelites to not dare to stand alone. They were afraid of being alone. And like I said, today we live in a world where you see that most of the world is going into sin. And God's people today will need the same kind of moral courage that Elijah had to stand alone. Reading from Testimonies, Volume 3, page 280, we are told, Elijah, early in the morning, stands upon Mount Carmel, surrounded by apostate Israel and the prophets of Baal, a lone man in in that vast multitude. He stands undaunted. He whom the whole kingdom has charged with his weight of woe is before them, unterrified and unattended by visible armies and imposing display. He stands clad in his coarse garment, 
with awful solemnity in his countenance, as though fully aware of his sacred commission as the servant of God to execute his commands. Elijah fastens his eyes upon the highest ridge of mountains where had stood the altar of Jehovah when the mountain was covered with flourishing trees and flowers. The blight of God is now upon it. All the desolation of Israel is in full view of the neglected, turned-down altar of Jehovah. And in sight are the altars of Baal. Ahab stands at the head of the priests of Baal, and all wait in anxious, fearful expectation for the words of Elijah. In the full light of the sun, surrounded by thousands, men of war, prophets of Baal, and the monarch of Israel, stands the defenseless man, Elijah, apparently alone, yet not alone. The most powerful host of heaven surrounds him. Angels who excel in strength have come from heaven to shield the faithful and righteous prophet. With stern and commanding voice, Elijah, Elijah cries, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Not one in that vast assembly dared utter one word for God and show his loyalty to Jehovah. What astonishing deception and fearful blindness had like a dark cloud covered Israel. This blindness and apostasy had not closed about them suddenly. It had come upon them gradually, as they had not heeded the word of reproof and warning which the Lord had sent to them because of their pride and their sins. And now, in this fearful crisis, in the presence of the idolatrous priests and the apostate king, they remained neutral. If God abhors one sin, above another, of which his people are guilty, it is doing nothing in case of an emergency. Indifference and neutrality in a religious crisis is regarded of God as a grievous crime and equal to the very worst type of hostility against God." End of quote. These last words I just read is a summary of what it means to be a coward and not to be a hero. It says that God abhors, if there's one thing God abhors, abhors above another, it is indifference and neutrality in a time of religious crisis, especially in the case of emergency, when you see that you can pull your weight in deciding for truth and that which you pull would help others, and yet you go silent and you do nothing. So what was Israel doing here? In their apostasy, they were committing the worst type of hostility against God. The Christian world today is as it was during the days of Elijah. Gradually it has entered into darkness and apostasy. Jeroboam's sin was the beginning and king after king accepted and modified the practice. 
Omri, the father of Ahab, took it to another level and Ahab himself, the Bible describes, gave himself over to work wickedness and there was no king like him. All barriers were disregarded. He further introduced more abominable practices into Israel. But if we, want, if we must be God's heroes in these last days, we must start from our families to stand alone. Elijah stood alone against the vast multitude. Do you know how many there were? They were in their hundreds of thousands. Vast multitude of the hosts of Israel. Do you know why they would be that much and why they wouldn't touch him? At last, this was the man. This is him. The person that, because of him, rain has not fallen in Israel for three and a half years. He's standing before them. And they want to know what he has to say so that they can maybe see whether the rain will come. He's standing alone against the prophets of Baal and the priests of Baal and the monarch of Israel. And there he makes a call to them. Why are you standing? How long will you halt between two opinions, Israel? If it is God that is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. Which, what does that mean? The children of Israel, at this time, because of the judgments of God, they did not know what to believe anymore. Baal had failed them. You can tell that for three and a half years they have been praying to Baal. And Baal did not give them rain. Now, Elijah puts a challenge to them. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, reading from verse 22, he says, Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet for hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and call you on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your gods, and put, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. He is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth, and must be awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass, when midday was past and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. You can see the love of Elijah here. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, and whom the word of the Lord came, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed, and he put wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels of water and pour it upon the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And he did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And he did it the third time. 
and the water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Amen. Here was a, re a heroic feat of Elijah. Here was indeed a day, uh, a high day for the Lord. The Lord showed himself to be the one who is in charge of the world. And he did this through a lone man, Elijah. And because Elijah brought himself to the Lord to be used to glorify his name, he was God's hero on that day. But enough of talking about Elijah. We need to learn to be God's heroes today because God needs heroes today. Elijah stood in Israel amid moral darkness. We stand in a world amid the same moral darkness. In the days of Israel, there were Sodomites in the land. The LGBTQ was really going forward. The, 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 the agenda was going forward. There were the woke people in Israel and they had all kinds of idolatrous practices in Israel and it was not popular to be one who was following the commandments of God. But Elijah, like he said, stood alone. He was not ashamed. He was not afraid. He was not feeling intimidated. He didn't try to make it look like he was on the popular side. He made it clear how his dress was unpopular. His beliefs was unpopular. His practices was, were all unpopular. His manner of living was unpopular. He was completely different from the people and he was not ashamed of it. Too many of us are ashamed of standing for Christ today. Like we read in our devotion, nothing is gained by cowardice. Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 209, paragraph 5. Nothing is gained by cowardice or by fearing to let it be known that we are God's commandment-keeping people. Hiding our light as if ashamed of our faith will result only in disaster. God will leave us to our own weakness. May the Lord forbid that we should refuse to let our light shine forth in any place to which he may call us. If we venture to go forth of ourselves, following our own ideas, our own plans, and leave Jesus behind, we need not expect to gain fortitude, courage, or spiritual strength. God has had moral heroes and he has them now, those who are not ashamed of being his peculiar people. Their wills and plans are all subordinate to the law of God. The love of Jesus, that is the key now, the love of Jesus has led them not to count their lives there unto themselves. 
Their work has been to catch the light from the Word of God and to let it shine forth in clear, steady rays to the world. Fidelity to God is their motto. Amen. End of quote. If we must be God's heroes today, of which we need to be, fidelity to God should be our motto. Do not be ashamed of holding a Bible to go to church. Some people are ashamed of holding a Bible, so they carry a bag when they're going to church and put their Bibles in it. And there are those who are ashamed of letting it be known what they believe. Today in the US, and for many years now, there has been the debate on things like abortion, the LGBTQ lifestyle, and many people are caving into the woke mob and they are afraid to make a stand. They, w- they don't want it to be known that this is what they believe and they go and hide in their shell. And then when they see the inroads made into the church by this same, not just the LGBTQ, but all kinds of evil that's coming into the church of God, because they want to be on the popular side, they keep quiet. But let me leave the church for now and come to the home. We must be God's heroes, first of all, in our homes. Husbands, wives, children, be God's heroes. Your parents may not be in support of you being a commandment-keeping person because they are following after the ways of the world. It may be your wife, it may be your husband or your children and they look at you as an unpopular person and they are mocking you and saying, oh, you are taking this thing too seriously. Can't you see how different you are? See how you dress, see how you talk, see what you believe. You don't even join us in doing this or in doing that. Yes, that is what you should be if you are God's hero. We are living in a time of moral darkness in this world and God needs those who will stand without shame, without fear for him. There are those who are afraid to tell people what they do. Let me give an example now for myself. For example, some people want to ask me, what do you do? I say, you're just preaching that all. And there's no need to be ashamed of being an evangelist. Some of us, we may, had, we may have had a background that looked promising. Your classmates from secondary school and from the university are asking you, where are you now? What are you doing? Maybe you are an evangelist. Maybe you are a preacher of the word of God. Maybe you are not as wealthy as they are because you are a commandment-keeping person. Are you ashamed to tell them where you stand? to tell them what you believe and to tell them what you are doing right now. If you are, you are not being God's hero, but the Lord is is, is comforting you today and also calling you to stand up boldly as one who is God's hero. Shame, being ashamed of the Lord will not do us any good. You will not gain anything by cowardice. Sometimes some of us tell lies so that our friends and family will not know where we are going to when we want to study the word of God or when we are going for a church program or when we want to do something that we know that if we tell them they will laugh at us because it is something religious. Elijah stood among thousands of Israelites being on the unpopular side and what is remarkable about Elijah is that he did not feel intimidated. We are not to feel intimidated by a world that is in sin. I liken it to people who are ashamed because a mad person is laughing at them. Once upon a time, I was in a particular place, well, in a shop at the time, and there was this mad woman who was passing. And something happened and I was just staring at her. And I realized that she began to behave quite strange. 
and was laughing and laughing and laughing. What was she laughing at? She was looking at me and was laughing. What should I do? A mad woman is laughing at me. Should I feel intimidated? Should I feel ashamed and start joining her to be on her side so that I will not feel uh, like somebody is laughing at me? You see, when we allow the world to mock us to do evil, we are allowing a mad person to cause us to become like them. A mad person is naked and walking on the road and then the person looks at you dressed in clothes, covered. And then the person points fingers at you and starts to clap the hand and is laughing and laughing at your garments that you are covered. And this is a mad person that is naked, stark naked, dressed dirty, hasn't taken their bath for long. What should you do? Should you feel intimidated by a mad person laughing at you? What if there are 10 mad people and all of them are following you around and laughing at you and they tell you the reason they are laughing at you is because you are wearing clothes that you should be like them without clothes. Will you feel intimidated and change your garments to be like them? I bet you wouldn't. Now, when we allow the world to mock us or to intimidate us or to cause us to join them in evil, there is no difference. Because the world is in a situation of moral darkness doing things that make them to be away from that which is good and they are doing things that will make them perish now you who knows what is right to do should you allow your friends who do not know as much as you know your family who do not know as much as you know to pressure you and intimidate you to join them in doing the things they are doing it is no different in my eyes from from the incident I just gave of mad people making you to become like them. It's no different. We must learn to be God's heroes. And one other thing that made Elijah God's hero is that he was different from the people. In what sense? The people loved to follow popular culture. Wherever the king is going, we will go. Whatever he's doing, we will do because it's the king that sets the tenor of what is reigning and what is in vogue. So since this is what this king is doing, we will do it. And that's what the people are always doing. For example, in the days of Solomon, when Solomon apostatized, the Israelites followed him to apostatize. Same thing with Rehoboam, same thing with Jeroboam, same thing with Abijam. All of them, whatever the king is doing, he has too much influence on them. We need moral heroes today, Elijah's, who will be able to be independent and will not get their fire from conference presidents and general overseers and, and, and all of that. They have their God before them and they are influenced directly by God and they are not moved by what leaders are doing. Israel were following Ahab. They were led astray by him. But Elijah, who is God's hero, was not moved by the leader, by the monarch. He stood independently, rather being influenced by God. And we must understand that this is the mind we must have if we must be God's heroes today. We must learn to stand alone, not necessarily being influenced by those who are in leadership positions, whether it is the prophets, the priests, or the king. Reading from Manuscript Releases, Volume 4, page 195, I want to just show something that we can do, a way that God's heroes behave. They are not influenced. That's just what I want to show now. I read it says, By every means in your power, seek to repress sin, but never for one moment give sanction to sin, either by your deeds, your words, your silence, or your presence. 
every time sin is sanctioned by the professed follower of Christ, the sense of sin is weakened and the judgment thus becomes perverted. End of quote. So the first time we see inroads of sin in the church or in our lives or in our family, that is the time for it to be addressed. If it is left unchecked, untouched, it will gradually become the norm and will be accepted by all. But what if it is being brought in by one of superior position, like Ahab? What do we do in such cases? Let us, let us examine this counsel that is given to those who were working in the publishing house as to what their responsibility was for things that were published that was given to them by their superiors. And I'm reading from Publishing Ministry, page 163, paragraph 3 and downwards. It says, Irresponsibility rests not only upon the managers but upon the employees. I have a word to say to the workers in every publishing house established among us. As you love and fear God, refuse to have anything to do with the knowledge against which God warned Adam. Let the typesetters refuse to set a sentence of such matter. Let proofreaders refuse to read, pressmen to print, and binders to bind it. If asked to handle such matter, call for a meeting of the workers in the institution, that there may be an understanding as to what such things mean. Those in charge of the institution may urge that you are not responsible, that the managers must arrange these matters. But you are responsible, responsible for the use of your eyes, your hands, your mind. These are entrusted to you by God to be used for him, not for the service of Satan. When matters containing errors that counteract the work of God are printed in our houses of publication, God holds accountable not only those who allow Satan to lay a trap for souls, but those who in any way cooperate in the work of temptation. My brethren in responsible positions, beware that you do not harness your workers to the car of superstition and heresy. Let our publishing houses, from the least to the greatest, refuse to print a line of such pernicious matter. Let it be understood by all with whom we have to do that from all our institutions, literature containing the science of Satan is excluded. End of quote. So, here we see a character of God's heroes. They are not necessarily influenced by their employers or by their superiors when they are told to do something that is wrong. Israel allowed themselves to be influenced by Ahab when Ahab was leading them astray. But Elijah was an Israelite just like the rest of the people. But he did not allow Ahab to influence him. He chose to stand alone against his superior Ahab. And this is the character of God's heroes for today. Even in your offices, in your home, wherever you are, you should not lend a helping hand in cooperating with anything that is evil. You must refuse. Even if your employer tells you, I employed you, I'm the one paying you. As far as you see that that thing that you are told to do is directly contrary to the word of God, you are responsible if you do it. You cannot say that it's my boss who told me, therefore I must do it. Israel will say, he's a Ahab is our Lord. He's the one that is a ruler. He's the one that asked us to worship Baal. No, God's heroes will stand against the leader and say, no way, I cannot do it. In World War II, when the Nazis were killing the Jews, there was this man called Joseph Mengele. Joseph Mengele 
was the one they called Dr. Death and he was conducting human experiments and I cannot list out the things he did but just know that they were very gruesome experiments he, he performed on people, not just Jews but generally on people. He was being sought for by the Israeli Mossad after the war and he flew to South America with the help of the Roman Catholic Church of course and was hiding in countries like Paraguay and down to Argentina, some other of those kind of countries in South America. And there was a time when someone had a discussion with him asking asking someone who was protecting him rather what Meng- about what Mengele did and the cruelty. And do you know what they said? They said Mengele was only following his orders and he is not responsible for what he did. But guess what? The Israeli people, they were not looking for Hitler. They were looking for Mengele. Hitler gave orders, Mengele performed them and they don't know no Hitler. Some of them never met Hitler. Who The person they know is Mengele, the one who carried out the instructions of Hitler and it is him they wanted to bring to book. Even the world knows we are responsible for our actions. We cannot plead to God and say, oh, my superior, the king, the president said I should do this or that and I was obeying him. We are responsible for how we use our eyes, our hands and our whole being and our resources. And if we must be God's heroes today, we must learn to stand alone like Elijah stood alone against all Israel, the priests and the prophets of Baal and King Ahab. Today, like I have said earlier, there is more need for this kind of moral courage. People are afraid to stand for what is right. They feel that they will be cancelled. Elijah was already cancelled even before this day, but it did not affect him one bit. He was unapologetic about it, about what he stood for. He didn't give no apology and he was clear and asking the people, where are you standing in this matter? Some people don't want to say where they stand with respect to abortion. They don't want to say where they stand with respect to the Sabbath. They don't want to say where they stand with respect to what the mark of the beast is and what its image is. They are now caving into um, popular culture. They are afraid of saying it. Some do not want to say what where they stand with respect to the LGBTQ agenda and the community. They feel like if they say anything about it, then the people will come against them. But not so with God's heroes like Elijah. They will not be afraid to see where they stand, even in their homes and in their offices and in the world in general. I pray that we all will have that moral courage that Elijah had to stand alone, but not just standing, but stand tall, not ashamed, not cowardly, but say where we stand on issues and not keep quiet. Because silence in a time of crisis is the worst kind of hostility towards God. Like we read, indifference and silence in a time of crisis is a grievous crime towards God and we should not sanction sin either by our deeds, our words, our silence or our presence. May the Lord bless these words and may it have an impact in your life that will give you courage Romans 15 verse 4 says that all these things were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Have courage my sister and my brother. Stop being ashamed of what you believe of the truth. Stop looking at how they are going to talk about you and what people are going to say and how they are going to hate you. Be like Elijah. Stand tall, stand alone, unashamed and dignified. 
dress the way that you know God said you should dress and walk tall on the streets even though people are looking at you like you are strange. Eat the things that the Lord said you should eat even though the world is looking at you as if you are strange. Refuse the things that the word of God said you should refuse even if the people think of you as odd for doing so. Go to worship God on the day, the Sabbath day he asked you to worship him, pastors. Tell your members the truth and stop hiding it from them. Regardless of how people will look at you, you may become unpopular in your family for accepting the Sabbath truth or for accepting any other truth that is in respect to any other reforms in dress, in diet, in Sabbath, in social reform. People may look at you as strange but do not be ashamed of it. Stand tall and follow the Lord. May we be God's heroes. Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, thank you for the words that we have heard today. We have one wish, Lord, and one prayer. Please take away the cowardly spirit from us and help us to be your heroes today in the midst of a world in moral darkness. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Forgive us for the times we have denied you and we have been ashamed of you and hidden our light. Forgive us for these things, O Lord, and help us to love you enough to let our light shine to the world. In Jesus' name of God. Thank you.